Hey, it's Kim Commando today, your daily podcast to keep you up to date with all things digital and beyond. And I'd love to have you be a part of our podcast. You can make an appointment to speak with me. Just head over to commando.com and on the top right, there's a button that says email Kim. Fill that out and that's it. I always like to start with something interesting. And what do you think TikTok is? Is it a social media company? Is it a place for folks to go and watch short videos? Is it a place to learn a new dance routine? Is it a way for communist China to check our every move? Yes. Well, it's all that. But TikTok is turning to what we used to call a record company. I don't know if you remember those. But listen to this. 75% of all U.S. TikTok users say watching the videos is actually how they find new music. And because TikTok says they're not a music platform like YouTube, they don't have to pay out these huge royalties to artists. Now, of course, the music industry is starting to change this. And TikTok has a feature that I want to pass along for any of you who are musicians and artists called Sound On. And that's where you can upload your music and then possibly get paid royalties every time somebody actually plays it. But just no elevator music, please, for TikTok videos, because that's just so bad on so many levels. That's right. And on that happy note, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this. It's America's largest show about all things digital. That's right. It's called The Kim Commando Show because, after all, I'm America's digital pro, Kim Commando, here with you. And you can find us on over 425 top stations throughout the United States. And we're streaming in your favorite podcast radio player. And you can also find us as a podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, just search for Commando with a K. And don't forget, over at GetKim.com, that's where you can get the commercial-free podcasts. And you go back three months of archives. And you can also watch us do the show. You get access to our interactive chat room and our great Commando community. You get 30 days free. And, of course, there's always a discount for service personnel, military, and vets. And, again, that's over at GetKim.com. And a special thank you goes out to our American Forces Network radio listeners serving more than 375,000 American servicemen and women in 175 countries and 200 ships at sea. I love that. Get the Kim Commando Show. All right. Every single day, I plow through at least 30 different websites, and I read white papers, and I talk to industry insiders to make sure that all you guys and gals are up to date on all things digital. And this is part of the show where I like to talk about tech news. And we begin at One Hacker Way in Menlo Park, California. That's the headquarters of Facebook slash Meta. And that's where Mark Zuckerberg laid off 11,000 people a few weeks before Thanksgiving this past week and then Christmas. So what the heck's going on? All right, I'm here to give you the straight scoop, and it's not pretty. Revenues are declining. Users are declining. The stock lost more than 70% of its value over the past year. Now, before the layoffs, they hired 28% more people. They wasted trillions of dollars trying to build out this cartoonish metaverse that no one wants. TikTok has taken over. Facebook tried to compete with Twitch. They couldn't do it. They tried to compete with live shopping. They couldn't do it. They can't buy Instagram and WhatsApp companies anymore because Washington, D.C. is onto their practices. And Mark Zuckerberg from his surfboard on Kauai wrote in the layoff email to those 11,000 people, I got this wrong. I got this wrong. Doesn't that make you feel better? Thanks, Mark. Thank you. And by the way, you might be thinking, why can't the board of directors just fire Mark Zuckerberg? They can't. It's in the bylaws. They are stuck with the Zuck. Number two on our list, walk like a Mastodian Ian, not an Egyptian. Well, Elon Musk has taken over Twitter, and the tweets are not very happy. I'm talking about half the staff who was fired. The remaining employees were told to get back to the office. They're not thrilled because they say no more working from home and be ready to work 40-plus hours a week. 
Now, what about the users? About 1 million deleted their accounts. Another 500,000 accounts have been suspended. There's a new bird in town, really an extinct massive elephant called a mastodon. It first appeared on Earth 23 million to 2.6 million years ago. I'm not an anthropologist, but that seems like a pretty big spread to me, 23 million to 2.6 million years. Anyway, this mastodon site is a Twitter kind of almost like site that was built by a German software engineer in 2016, and about 500,000 people have signed up since Elon Musk took over Twitter. Now, Mastodon is different from Twitter. It's nonprofit, has no ads. Uh, users set up their own servers. They come with their own rules about what people can and cannot do or say. Now, the big question is how long will it be until Mastodon is taken over by terrorist trolls and all the other bad guys and gals in the universe? Well, they're probably on the site already. Uh, number three in our list, Twitter changes and changes and changes. Back to Elon Musk is that he spent $44 billion on Twitter. Now, one of his ideas is to say, we need to start making money. So we need to tar start charging a subscription. And so in order to make money in that subscription, he's going to charge $8 a month for a verified account. So you get that blue check mark. So this is from the Why We Can't Have Nice Things department. People were willing to pay the $8 a month for the blue checkout checkmark rather, but it's not the way that Musk really wanted to work out. Nintendo of America got a verified account showing Mario flipping the bird. Uh, the, option, and the image was actually really good. Uh, there was a uh, new trailer date for Grand Theft Auto 6, fake. A fake LeBron James claimed he was requesting a trade, fake. But hey, you know, all these true little trolls have to pay $8 a month to get that blue checkmark. So Musk is saying, you know, we're going to do a lot of things wrong. We're going to try to do a lot of things right. So just be patient with us. We will. Oh, number four is a crazy story. There's a good reason the first three letters in crypto spells cry. Check this out. There's a crypto platform and crypto exchange called FTX. They ran all kinds of commercials during the Super Bowl last year with Larry David as a star. Now, rumor says that Tom Brady and his beautiful wife had a pile of money with FTX possibly hundreds of millions of dollars. Now, you have to follow me on this. FTX has a side company called Alameda Research that was being funded with at least $4 billion in FTX funds. That's according to Reuters. And then Alameda made some bad bets on crypto, and they declared bankruptcy. So basically, FTX was taking people's money on that crypto exchange and using it to make bets on futures on another company that they owned, Alameda Research. Now, FTX just filed for bankruptcy. So the Department of Justice is looking into it, but this is the crypto wild west. If you put any money into FTX, you're probably just out of luck. That's just the way it is. But guess what the 31-year-old CEO, Sam Bakeman fried said about filing for bankruptcy and everything that's going on? You want to know what he said? I effed up. That's his exact quote. Doesn't that make you feel so warm and fuzzy? Thank you, Sam. Uh, and finally, this, coming in at number five, a few fun facts about your next flight. I saw this over at Bloomberg Law, and it's not you. Airplane seats are really getting smaller. In the 1970s, the average airplane seat measured 35 inches long and 18 inches wide. Now, today, they're 31 inches long and 16.5 inches wide. Now, it's so bad that the FAA has gotten about 25,000 complaints about the size of airplane seats. Now, meanwhile, since the 1970s, Americans have gained weight, about 34 pounds on average per person. 
So the airlines, United being the first one, said, we have to block out the middle seats so that the airplane isn't too heavy. So now more than ever, you need to make sure that you get a good seat on the plane. So what I want you to do is get the Chrome browser extension called Legroom for Google Flights. And also when you're using Google Flights, you can see how much legroom there is per seat by the flight that you selected. Now, you're not out of luck if you don't use Chrome. Uh, there's also a website called SeatGuru.com. You see a map of the best seats. But I always get a chuckle. I always think it's funny. You know, this has happened to you. It's happened to me. Is that you go to check in your bag, and it's overweight. And then the person there at the ticket counter says, you know what, why don't you just take some things out of your check bag and put it on your carry-on so this way you're, you're not overweight. I'm like, okay, but I just took the weight out of my checked on bag and I put on my carry it's the same weight <laughs> what's going on there uh, I don't know all right coming up in just a few moments how you can make your smart assistants remind you of things and of course we have all of your great phone calls here on the Kim Commando show Our T-Mobile Unlimited listener line is now open at one 825 5254 is the way to join us. And just a quick reminder, if you have a question and you're too shy to come on a big-time national radio show and a podcast, well, don't forget you can always send me your question via email. That's commando.com. And then in the top right-hand corner, there's a link that says email cam. All right, how about we start with Kelly in Overland Park, Kansas. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Kim. I am really excited to be on your show. Thank you for taking my call. I oh, you betcha. Very much, I very much appreciate how you always speak to people on whatever level of experience they have, and I'm going to need a pretty basic level today, just a okay. fair warning right. here. Okay. So a few years ago, before our first grandchild was born, I wanted to improve the security of storing my photos and videos. I was using my uh, desktop for storage and also flash drives, but I wanted to add the cloud. Um, Good. My Desktop is Microsoft, and I have an iPhone. So I tried the Apple iCloud, and I got nowhere with it. It was just not working for me. So then I tried Amazon Prime Photos, and something clicked. It just, I find it really easy to use. It's intuitive. I really like it. I do know that there's the Amazon Drive, and then there's Amazon Photos, and I'm not really sure what the difference is between the two. But I use okay. Photos for um, and, and also photos in conjunction with their Amazon app on my phone to put pictures, send them to my phone so I can view them there. Um, but that's just a small number of my photos. Um, then I use Drive on my desktop in order to actually uh, set up, the, you know, to work with the system to manage the, the storage. Um, I, I really hoping against all hope that Amazon comes back and sends out a retraction. But this summer they announced that they're getting rid of the drive portion as of January That's 31st, right. that I won't be able to use that anymore. And I, I really hope that they're just kidding, that they come out and say, ha-ha, you know, <laughs> sorry, guys, didn't mean kidding. to alarm you. No problem. Yeah, yeah that, wouldn't that be great? Don't think that that's going to happen. So I'm feeling a little bit up the creek here, and I'm hoping you might have some suggestions for me what I can use instead of Amazon Drive. And also, do you think, will I still be able to use Amazon Photo in order for the phone portion of this, not the cloud storage? Okay, right. So Amazon Drive is your hard drive in the cloud, okay? That's, okay. Then that's the, that's the part that's going away. Your Amazon Photos, that's still going to be there. So you're still going to be able to use the Photos app. You're just not going to be able to manipulate and move files to and from the drive. 
Okay. Um, so there's so you several. still have all your photos. Do the phone. Yes. Yes. Now, you know, if you do need like an online drive, okay, Google Drive gives you 15 gigs of free storage space, and that's 10 gigs more than you had with Amazon Drive, and it's free. Okay. You could always buy more, but 15 gigs is a lot because okay, you're only using five now. Mm-hmm. And the reason well, why I'm going to throw you for it. for Prime, so I'm well, not yes, sure exactly. how works, but yeah. I know. It's like getting free shipping. Okay, yeah, I'm paying $15 a month for free shipping. Okay. Right. So, uh, but, you know, you do get a, you get the photo storage with Amazon Prime, which a lot of people aren't using. I'm not using it, but you are. I think that's great. Right. Yeah. Um, but the reason why I said I'm going to throw you for a loop is because, see, with Google Drive, it works so nicely with, guess what, Google Photos. Mm, I know. I know what you're thinking. Yeah. I got everything on Amazon. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and and so and now we have yet one more ecosystem. See, the, the thing when we talk about ecosystems is that we try to stay in one because then that makes our life right. easier. So if we're using Windows, maybe use OneDrive. Uh, if we have Apple, we want to use iCloud and Photos because it all works together. And then Google works really good on Android phones and also does really work well with Windows-based systems. Okay. Um, iCloud is really, you know, is pretty simple to use, but I'll tell you where it does get confusing, which if you, and they've, they've gotten it better over the last couple of years, is when you start looking into iDrive, or pardon me, the iCloud settings and what gets synced to what device. Okay. And then it really does doesn't really like to play well on Windows. I'll tell you that right now because it's, it's really made to work in the whole, like I said, the Apple ecosystem. But I, I don't think you need to, if you need extra storage space, if you like and you, if, and if Apple photo or pardon me, Amazon photos is use is, is easy for you and you're comfortable using mm-hmm. it, then just keep using it. Okay, just keep using it. But if you need a drive, if you need that drive storage, where you're going to by, manipulate by drive, files. Again, you're talking about cloud storage, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. Then that's where that's where you're going to look at Google Drive. Okay. Because you you made the smart move because flash drives they're known to die and they die for no unknown reason. Okay. Then everything's gone into the intergalactic big bucket. So you need to put something into the cloud, especially because these are your grandkids' pictures, right? I mean, we don't want to right. lose them. Right. And so, so if you need a drive. Just go to google.com and sign up for a free Drive account. You have a Google account. Uh, and there are some, like I mentioned, there's some really good options. Um, but if you do like to use Amazon Photos for your storage and manipulation and you know that it's there, then you can keep using it. But the part that's going away is that Google Drive, or pardon me, is that Amazon Drive. And so if you need any additional help about this, um, I'm going to go ahead and we're going to send you over a link right now, Kelly about the Amazon Drive shutdown and what you can do now and, and some alternatives for you uh, for you to check out. But I think pretty much if you need the drive, I'm just going to vote for signing up for a Google Drive. At some point, you may find that you might want to just try Google Photos because it actually has a great app that will work on your iPhone too. And so you'd be able to get it on your Windows and also on your iPhone and then have all those photos. And the thing about Google Photos too is, is there a benefit, another side benefit, is that you can share these photos with your kids as well so they can get copies and download copies of all of Google Photos without necessarily having to have an Amazon account to do that as well. Kelly, thank you so much for your call. I appreciate you getting through. 
Hey, speaking of Amazon perks, they just added a new one that you can get a year of Grubhub Plus for free. That's right, free food delivery, and it's all in those Amazon perks. And you can check that box and sign up for it on Amazon. Just go into your account settings. All right, you want to stay right where you are and talk about how you can trade in your old gadgets and get some cash. And in our digital privacy tip, how you can do a 100% free background check on just about anybody. And just you just have to go to the right sites online. And we're going to point you in that direction. Of course, we have more of me and more of your phone calls you don't want to miss. All right, so if you have some random gadgets laying around you don't use anymore, I want you to check out Amazon's trade-in program. Now, to get this, you don't your gadgets don't even need to work, all right? Uh, Amazon will give you gift cards for other makers, smartphones, tablets, stream players, soundbars, all kinds of stuff. It's a great way to declutter your life. And then to get started, just on the Amazon search bar, just type in trade-in program. And then on that page, any devices that you purchase on Amazon will automatically appear. Then you can search for other devices that you want to trade in. You answer a few questions. You get a quote. If you agree to the amount, you can print a free shipping label to send it in. And then once Amazon gets your device, the gift cards will appear on your account automatically. Yes. It's so sweet. That's Amazon's trade-in program. All right. Just moments away about how to do a totally free background check on someone now. And then later on, some cool ways to use your router's USB ports. And back to the phones we go with Michael in Salem, Oregon. Hi there, Michael. I'm a small business owner, been in business 26 years, and I have a Google uh, business profile page online where my customers can go and leave me a review uh, on my business. And I've always had a five-star review because I take care of my customers. Um, And out of the blue, about six months ago, I had somebody who's not even a customer of mine leave me this negative one-star review, and so it's totally dropped my five-star rating. So my question to you is, how do I go about removing that review? Um, I've tried to contact Google, um, and I've had no success there. Um, So I'm kind of stuck as to how to approach this. That's tough. It is tough. And it's it's just mean-spirited that somebody would take advantage of a situation such as a Google review and to do something with malicious intent. And I, I just, I never understood it myself. And you're positive that this is not a customer, right? This is not a customer. That's correct. You know, and, and but people can get online and they can say anything. And, you know, hopefully these ties will be changing. Like there's a, if you ever look at my Glassdoor reviews, Michael, you would think I am the worst person possible in the entire world. Like, here's one. Uh, somebody left a review that when, if you work for, for us, is that I stand in the parking lot with a clipboard and I check off the boxes and note the time that everybody drives in through the gates. Okay. Uh, and then I also do that in the afternoon. I think if I did that all day and night, I don't think I would have any time to do anything else. <laughs> Just saying. It's like, where do these people come from? Um, you did the right thing in trying to talk to Google and trying to get them to remove the review. If they haven't already done it, you can try it again. Um, how do you think you should respond to this review publicly? Uh, well, that I don't know. Um, uh, I'm just kind of at a loss as to how to go about this. Um, 
I've spoken to a number of different people, and nobody knows how to go about this. Um, and well, I you mean, can leave this... you can you can leave a rebuttal to the review, and so okay, my my rebuttal would be, I've been in business for twenty six years. This is the first negative review that I've ever received. This I do not believe this customer is in fact an actual customer uh, because of these facts. And if in fact you are a customer, I would welcome the opportunity to turn your one-star review into a five-star review. So you take the high road and you kind of call them out as a liar without necessarily saying you're a liar. because I mean, I've I've had to do that where people like we have people leave Glassdoor reviews. I don't even think they speak English, and it says something like, "I was a medical technician and I hated my job." I'm like, okay, we don't even have medical technicians. Okay, I mean, we're not in the medical industry, so I'm not sure where that came from. So, uh, so you so it's almost like you re, you remain above the fray, and just as I mentioned, and invite them. To uh, you know, if I did, if if we did something wrong, we would like the opportunity to rectify it. So you open it up with a pot. You're gonna do a positive sandwich, okay? Mm-hmm. Positive sandwich. The beginning. We've been in business for 26 years. We've never had this type of review. I'm not sure where it came from. This doesn't sound like a situation that we have experienced at all. And then at right. the end, and then at the end, you say, "But if in fact it has, we welcome the opportunity." to change your mind or however mm-hmm. you want to say it, something like that. So this way, if yeah. somebody looks at it, they're like, you know, you're not a jerk face coming across like, liar, liar, hair's on fire. You're just coming across by saying, this is my business. I take it personally. I care about each and every one of my customers, you included. And if there's something that I did wrong, we did wrong, let us know how to fix it. We're always here for you. Our uh, 800 line is open 24-7, whatever it may be. And that's normally the best way to do it. But I still would keep on Google. I'd probably ping them every 30, 90 days just to say, hey, listen, is there anything you can do? Because this is just totally bogus. But this is the nature of the Internet. But, you know, tides are changing. Right now, I believe it's happening in New Zealand and it's heading into uh, the courts inside San Francisco that these all these anonymous Google, I mean, pardon me, all these anonymous glass door reviews or something. And people are going to say, okay, well, I want to know who wrote that and I want to know why they wrote it, because I want to be able to contact them. Uh, Michael, let us know if there's anything we can help out with. Small business owners, I'm one too. It's a hard job, and I'm always here for you. You know, the best and easiest way to get Google reviews is just to ask your customers. As a matter of fact, whenever you send an email to your customers, just put it right there. Say, hey, we would really appreciate a nice five-star review. And speaking of, hey, give us a nice five-star review over on Google or wherever you get your podcasts. And that's always a good sign and helps us out. All right. It's time now for our DIY security tip. And this week is brought to you by TotalAV. All right. So how do you do a totally free background check? Well, Here are some basic steps, and we have it written out for you and with all the links that you need over on the website. But you're going to start with Google. It's the easiest place. You're going to put the person's full name in quotation marks. And then if you're getting too many results, start narrowing down. So maybe Bobby Smith in Cincinnati, Ohio, who maybe lives on this street or drives this car or has this type of job. And then you can also do a Google image search for any pictures of Bobby, and that will link to other different websites. 
Now, of course, you want to check your social media. You know, on Facebook and on Pinterest and on Instagram, LinkedIn, you want to look them up there. You can also use a website called Pim Eyes. That's an AI-driven photo recognition site. Might give you some more hits. And uh, you can also check out property by looking inside the uh, county databases and see their, you know, APN numbers and then look it up on Zillow and see how much their house was and when they purchased it. I also want you to check the sex offender registry. And then finally, these people search sites. The, the one that I talk about a lot has a lot of information about it because it's uh, disguising itself as a family tree a genealogy website. It's called FamilyTreeNow.com. That's FamilyTreeNow.com, which, by the way, if you're in there, I want you to remove your entry as soon as you can. And we every Tuesday on Commando.com, it's called Opt Out Tuesday. And every Tuesday, we tell you how to remove yourself from one of these annoying people search sites. So in case you're looking for a couple of things, you want to know how to do a free background check and have those links to PIM eyes and the Google searches and uh, the image searches and then also the free people search sites and then also how to remove your name from the free people search sites. Look no further than the official homepage of the Kim Commando Show and podcast. That's commando.com, of course. And then you want to hit the link that says Kim Show. All right, still to come, you have a router. What the heck is it good for other than just distributing the Wi-Fi? You are going to be shocked and amazed. So stay right where you are here at the Kim Commando Show. All right, we're running a contest over at commando.com. Commando.com slash win. It's your chance to enter to win a $100 Amazon gift card. But you have to know the secret phrase that I pass along here on the Kim Commando Show. And the secret phrase is, are you ready? Robotics. That's right. The secret phrase to win is robotics. Now, here's the deal. You can increase your entries and your chances to win by doing other things like subscribing to our podcast, getting our tech tips newsletter. So again, commando.com slash win. You enter that secret phrase and then start doing the other ways to enter so that this way you actually get more entries and the odds of you winning are just greater. All right, back to the phones we go with Anthony in Bristol, Virginia. Hello there, Anthony. Well, I'm just curious if you can, uh, your, your insight's much better on this than what I can find on the internet. We homeschool two children ages 9 and 11. Uh, they can type proficiently and they did a kids age coding. So I don't know what the next step is. Everything I can find is too old for them right now. Would you have any suggestions? Um, are you trying to give them more coding classes, computer skills? What exactly are you trying to teach the guys? Well, just uh, introduction to computer, uh, the different the ranges, uh, and let them see what they like and make some choices and just learn as they go. When you say different ranges, different ranges of computers, or or are you trying to software, uh, different okay. types of software that they can learn as they oh know, okay can. okay all right um, you know when you guys are homeschooling, there's a terrific site that Google has put together for computer curriculums, and the students can learn, your kids can learn through video based lessons. There are also different themes like gaming design and art and sports, and it's absolutely free. And they do they, they do such a great job. Uh, the address is kind of funky, and so I'm going to ask Amber to email you this address. But it's if you go to withgoogle.com, 
And that's where you're going to look at something for C. It's called C. The the free Google program is called CS First. CS First. And, you know, my sister has a school in Southern California that she has one student to one teacher. And one of her students uh, who's autistic really wanted to learn computer coding. And so she was telling me about this. And I passed this along. Oh, my gosh. This kid is like doing backflips with computer coding. Uh, but again, it's called C- CS First with Google.com. There's also code.org is another oh, site that you that might want to. Yeah. Pardon me? But we use that one. Uh, you reminded me that's the one we use, code.org. Oh, okay. That's beautiful because they've got all these different projects. So because you're using code, um, have you ever looked at Scratch? I don't think so. Oh, Scratch is really good. Um, it's from MIT Media Lab. And it's its own programming language, and it consists of putting graphical blocks of code together to get to an end result. And it also has this big online community. It's perfect for your kids. It's really made for kids between 8 and 16. So definitely look at Scratch. Um, App Inventor, once the kids get a little bit tired of the coding, they can actually make their own apps. Which is also a lot of fun. And so we're looking at, so we're going to go to withgoogle.com. You're already doing code.org. Let's look at Scratch and App Inventor. And the App Inventor is actually kind of cool because the kids can make apps for their phones and their tablets just by moving things around and there's no cost. And so it's also a lot of fun to see which direction that they might go into. So, Anthony, try these. And then if you find that the kids are... Moving past all this, if you want me to ever talk to your kids, I'm happy to do that as well. And don't forget about our free tech contract for kids. Uh, got an email the other day from a high school principal that said, hey, can we pass this out throughout the entire school district? The answer is absolutely yes. So if you go to commando.com slash contract, that's our free contract for kids. Kind of goes through the rules of the road of, you know, passwords, uh, sharing devices, sexting. I know it's all these different topics that I know you don't want to talk about with your kids, but you really have to. And it's three pages. And if you're a school district, a school, nonprofit, church, temple, whatever, I want to make sure that you guys know and that you can just pass this along, print it out, copy it wherever you want, just distribute it to everybody because we all want to keep our kids safe when it comes to technology. I'm going to put all these links inside our Q&A forum. So go to commando.com slash community. And that's where you'll find some links. And for you, Anthony, hang on the line, and Amber's going to send you some links right now because um, that's what we do here at the Kim Commando Show. We want to help anybody and everybody we can. Hey, if you have kids, uh, one of the greatest things that you can buy them is an Amazon Kindle Kids. It's a 2022 release. It's about $120. But what's nice about it is that it's a subscription-based reading program. And so you don't have to worry about the kids getting on and playing games and doing other things. And Again, it's about 120 bucks. So if you're looking for a gift for, I don't know, anybody between 3 and 12 for the holiday season, that's always a great gift. All right. So it's one of these digital life hacks that once you know it, you're like, dang, Kim Commando, I'm so glad that I listened to you. So what else can you do with your router other than just have it, I don't know, spread the internet connection throughout your home? Okay. So if you ever look at the back of your router and you think, it has USB ports. What are they for? Okay, a couple of things you can do, starting with no longer emailing files to family members or saving files in the cloud. You can have a hard drive in your house that everyone can share and save files. But just keep in mind, hard drives can die. So you want to make sure that you always have a backup into the cloud somewhere. 
Uh, number two, you can take this idea of a shareable drive to the next level. You put a USB drive in your router's port, and then you can turn it into a bonafide media server. So that this way, everybody on the network can save their photos, their music, their videos on the drive. And then what's great is that all that content is accessible on any device or TV that's on their home network. Now, if you're going to store a lot of stuff, just make sure that it's an external hard drive because, again, you want to make sure it's all backed up to the cloud. And number three, let's say you have a really old printer, but it still works, okay? But it needs to be physically connected to a computer to work. Ah, yes, the lights are on. Just plug that old computer into your router's USB port, and now you have a printer everybody on the network can use. And if you like these tips, make sure that wherever you get your podcast, you just search for my last name, Commando, of course, with a K, and then make sure that you get our podcasts, our daily tech updates. You're going to love them. That's our daily tech updates. Wherever you get your podcast, just search for my last name, Commando, with a K, of course. Hey, thanks for listening to Kim Commando today. So reach over and give me a nice five-star review. Yes, thank you. And thanks for listening.